What you say, ladies and gents, it is your boy, Bucket Hat Sam. And yes, we are back again today for episode 12 of the Bucket Hat Sam Talks Ball podcast. It's been a while. I say that it's been a week, but we are back again today. Just the one guest today. We have got the co-host, Mike. How are you doing? How's your week been? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Looking forward to Cheltenham for all the... the the horse racing fans out there, bet there probably isn't any, but... I was yeah. going to say... They, they, it's a big week, it's a big week, it's like Christmas come early. I was say, our average listeners don't bet, yeah. and, they, and we do not we do not encourage betting to anybody Unless underage. Exactly, good start, that was a good start. <laughs> but no, your team won this week, so you're going to be in a good mood. My team got a draw, so I think it's the first time since Sunday we've recorded. Win as well. Yeah. Happy, it, happy all round? Happy all round, actually. I think it's the first time we've started recording... Where both, where everything has just gone our way. The fact that I consider a draw going our way is the state of our club, well, Steve my club. Bruce Steve Bruce Ball, we're uh, doing well. Yeah, great, great football. Playoffs is on. Hmm, we've got, by the time this goes out, Fulham will be happening straight after. So okay. uh, let's just not talk about that. But today we've got some banging topics, got some big topics to talk about. We're going to start off straight away with Manchester United bouncing back after that horrific Manchester City result, which I think everyone's forgetting about, so I just thought I'd remind everyone straight away, drop that in there. But Ronaldo, getting the hattie, getting the hat-trick that he wanted. We had a discussion off-camera earlier in the week, and I thought we'd bring it to the podcast today, yeah. and the discussion of, is he finished, and that whole discussion, I say, is he finished, in inverted commas. Right. What is your opinions on his season so far, then, and like Ronaldo as a whole, and that game specifically, like just Ronaldo at Man United? So... He's not finished, start off straight to the point. He's yep. not. He's still an elite, elite player in world football. He's probably he's not at the world class level we saw him and Messi for years and years dominating, scoring 30, 40, maybe sometimes even more goals a season. He's not at that level anymore, but you can't expect him to be at thirty six now. But I still think we I questioned when we discussed about it, I questioned Ranick for dropping him. Because I'm not a fan of Ranić. I don't really know what he's brought to this United setup, or he hasn't improved them at all, really. I think he's just made Oli look better. I, yeah, honestly, yeah, I, yeah. everyone appreciate. I appreciate Oli so much more since what Ranić's done because he's come in, and I genuinely think they are in a worse position. And that might be a bold statement, yeah. but I think they are worse. I think possibly yeah, you're right. And then I just thought him dropping Ronaldo was such a ridiculous decision, and people were saying, "Oh." He's sulky, like he might not work for the team in that ethic. But you Cristiano Ronaldo, he's earned that right to yeah. to do what he wants and be the man and be the leader. He's not like he's not gonna be bad around the dressing room. He might be annoyed if he doesn't start, but on as a whole, he's gonna improve that dressing room, he's gonna motivate people, he's gonna do all of that sort of stuff. And I just think he's still got the quality where you can't drop him and he proved that against Spurs because we, without him they'd have lost that game comfortably. Yeah. I, I looked at his XG. His XG overachieved so much in that game. But I think we've spoken about it before and I think we'll bring it to this today. But my problem with Ronaldo is is I still don't think in the long run if United are going to progress and win titles, yes, Ronaldo is a serial winner and he will help them. But I do think he is holding United back in the sense of he's only going to be there for he's 36, 37, we said. He's yeah. getting on now. He cannot stay at this level for so many years, and he's he's stopping others and youth players. Or if they if they really want to progress over years to come, and Ranić supposedly gets players in, improves them, and he signed all these players at Salzburg and things like that. I don't think it will help with having somebody like Ronaldo at the top because it it doesn't give anybody else. There's no. It's like being second in command to Kane. You're never going to have the space to step up, and I worry. You saw Martial. I know Martial was a poor player, and I've. 
I, don't, I wasn't a fan of him, but he wasn't stinky, given a chance. Stinky player. Yeah, he, he, he did. He did stink at, the, at United. <laughs> His career, when you look at it overall, it wasn't great, really. I think he was there for five seasons. He had one yeah. season over twenty goals, but it doesn't give the chance for anyone else to flourish. And that's my only problem. In the long run, yes, he's helping them now, but they're in a situation now where they, they should really be rebuilding. So why, if they're not going to win anything, realistically, no one expects them to win the Champions League. Why don't they get rid of him now and start implementing these youth players and building something? Because United are still not going to win anything with Ronaldo. We, I think we've established that now. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like He's not, he's not going to win them the league with this team. Yeah. But I don't think that's his fault. I think oh no, I'm not saying it's he, well. Yeah, it's not his fault. He would be the final piece of the puzzle, but that team around him is not ready to challenge for anything. They're, as you can see, they're barely even ready to challenge for top four. I was going to say, but they're not a young team either. Yeah, so that's why you that's why you say speak about a rebuild because they're not a young team, but they're not good enough. So Ronaldo would be that like final link if you've got a a very solid team around him, just just to give you that final push to get those goals, that sort of thing. But like you say, they're not there yet. And I don't know if he's taking opportunities away from other players. That's what I'm trying to say. That's my argument. And I know, I know it's, again, it's this... But is there anyone that's mate. that good enough that you would want to play there? Who's there? Rashford? Sancho's playing. Langer looks good, but... There was a player, but obviously he's not playing anymore. Correct. Uh, correct, but we won't discuss that. But I don't, I don't think a lot of situations. But then I don't get why Martial was left out because now they don't have. As we've said, I know, I know, I completely am contradicting myself now and saying there isn't somebody who could replace them. But they've got no chance. Who would have joined Man United? Cavani's again. Cavani chooses when he wants to play. I think he has been one of the worst signings as well. Sorry, we aren't discussing. Since he signed for United. He had a good impact when he first arrived. Whereas this season, he, he wanted yeah. to go. He's wanted he, to go back he home. Signing, was it a one-year or two-year contract last summer just to extend? Yeah, he, yeah, he signed to extend and then he's going in this summer. Wedge, yeah, and he's going again this summer um, and he supposedly wants to go back home and he wanted it, um, reports were suggesting that he wanted it cut short in Jan but the club wanted him to stay and obviously that's now why he never seems to play. He's a bit part player. And he, when have you seen him play? Yeah, he I can't chew, and I actually saw him on the and field. you see, I saw Ranić in the press say that he he trained for three days and then decided he wasn't fit enough. There is completely something wrong with this whole philosophy. philosophy sorry, philosophy with the way all the players are kind of. It seems to an outsider that they're ruling the dressing room, and you see it with the likes. It's, it's been that way for a long time, a few years. They're now looking at United outside in. Yeah, they've got a lot of big egos at the club, and it's just not gelling. And we keep going back to this rebuild thing and I feel like we talk about every week and they'll have one good week and I think everyone's kidding themselves. Well, I, I wanted to, obviously we're talking about Ronaldo and United as a whole, but um, I want to go back to this game, United Spurs. Obviously Ronaldo masterclass, hat-trick, he's won them the game. But again, we spoke last week about signings painting over the cracks and that's exactly what he's done. And yes, the United fans might be thinking three points we're close to top four all this they went fourth with that win until we played on Sunday but without Ronaldo doing that and it's the first time this season he's pulled out a, a masterpiece like that like a performance like that they would have lost against Spurs and it's a Spurs team that hasn't been great Spurs yeah. would have beaten them comfortably if it wasn't for the genius of Ronaldo that game yeah and he it, it did seem like the Ronaldo of old because of the goals as a whole weren't oh, just one that yeah. strike from outside the box is ridiculous like the connection oh it's gorgeous I've watched it in slow-mo so many times back and it gets better every time you watch it I would question and I know this is bad I, I don't know why I'm quickly saying it, but I would question Larice for 
for nah, it because not he's not for the long range, but not for the long. No, but just in general, watching all the oh, goals back, his positioning. Hands, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Lloris, but we're talking about United, as we said. But then I think as well, the right back position is something that really just bothers me. The amount of money they've spent, I think it's a lot and. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, around seventy million for the two of them. But I'm I'm not sure on this. I know Wan-Bissaka has been pretty awful this year. But if you'd have asked people two years ago, he'd have been one of the best fullbacks in the country. But then is it a, a one is dot it a one, system? But it's one thing? dynamic defender. It, it, oh, at Crystal yeah. Palace, he was never somebody who was dri- dribbling down the line. Like you see it more so. He had, he had a good season when he was first at United. Yeah, he, he was getting up and down. He might not have been like putting crosses into the box like Trent but at least he was getting up there supporting the play being an option yeah I think the thing that's gone wrong for him this season is he would usually rely on his defensive side and his defensive side has let him yeah, down this yeah. season so it's he's, he's the opposite of Trent I always think if him and Trent combined yeah, they'd yeah. be amazing but then Trent's excelled defensively this season I think defensively I thought Trent this season has been really really yeah, good he's been, he been stepped great, up he? yeah he, he stepped up whereas Aaron Wan-Bissaka seemed to have gone backwards and as you said could this be all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes in the dressing rooms something's going on at United and it needs a massive change but we seem to say it every week yeah, and then I, they I get to say look the amount of times we've been on this podcast and we just yeah. talk about you know because but, but then they get a win and then everyone seems to that, have forgotten how that's why I think this this game needs to be like you need to look at it without like, yeah. imagine he wasn't playing like look yeah. at it through like logic I know it's a ridiculous statement to say like yeah. imagine if Ronaldo didn't play, but, but imagine if he didn't they would be in such a muddy situation because Tottenham let's be honest have been poor all season and we know right now they will improve under Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte has said himself he needs longer with the club. Yeah, They're not in a good position. Their squad is weak. And they still conceded two against them. Yeah, That's another thing. They conceded two. two got, they made it difficult for themselves. If it wasn't for Ronaldo so late on, they would they would have come out with one point yeah, against yeah. that game. And then, and, then, and then it would be a disappointment. Whereas yeah. all of a sudden spirits are high because of the win and... Yeah, the atmosphere there when he scored his hat trick, etc., etc. I couldn't believe it was only his second hat trick at United. Yeah, that's mental. His fifty ninth hat trick, wasn't it? And it was second at United. I don't know why that <laughs> baffled me so much. I just remember him scoring so much more. But yeah, I do think we could talk about United all day. But there are some real okay, problems. I just want to have a quick moment gonna... of laughter for Romero laughing in. McGuire's oh, that's hilarious! That, that was fantastic. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard some like pundit, like proper ex-professionals slate, and it go, "Oh, it's not," but. Just to laugh at United, it is brilliant. But then it is quite funny that it did backfire it himself. <laughs> yeah, it makes it even funnier because in the moment I thought it was funny, and then seeing it after in the context, knowing that they lost, yeah, it's hilarious. If you haven't seen that clip, go check it out because it is hilarious. Romero's going right in his face yeah. and he's celebrating. But that's a good little moment. Then we talk about Tottenham then, because we can discuss about you. Know, we've gone for United and talked about top four, but Tottenham were in such a strong position at one point for top four. And I think it's now everyone has established there's absolutely no chance of Tottenham getting top four. I might surprise you here. You yeah, well, don't tell me you're going to say it. You're going to come in randomly. I don't think they're out of it at all. See, I really don't. If you look at the table now... But have you seen their form? Yeah, they're up and down, aren't they? But they've beat City. They could have beat United on a, another day if Ronaldo hadn't turned up like he did. They're, they've got two games in hand on the three teams above them being Wolves, West Ham and Man U. And if they win one of those, they're within three points of fourth. One of those, get the, they're, they play Brighton next and then it's West Ham. 
in the space of four days. Yeah. So that, that I, I don't. I, Okay, if you, uh, I just think I did not expect danger from an Arsenal fan. I did not expect. I you've got to think in my notes. I'd written Tottenham top four off the cards. So I personally think there's absolutely no chance. And especially watching them, they are so slow and methodical. We talked about Chelsea being slow, but at least they can pass it into Jorginho, and Jorginho can knock the ball and move it around. Whereas Tottenham have got no one like that. It's slow. It's methodical. Eric Dyer plays it into somebody like it's an over reliance on Kane and and Son. Finding space, wherever that be on the counter or yeah. if the opponent drops off. But, but it's the midfield for me that's so poor. With Oliver Skip, I, <laughs> I do not get it. And uh, I've had loads of stick online. I still think he's so overrated. He Skip, reminds me. It's, it's, are all, all Oliver Skip is, is winks and four years I'm ago. Not, a lot of people are. I'm not big on Hoiberg. See, I don't. I think he's better than the others. I think a lot of people could do what he does. But I, I think, think he's just a very average midfielder. But then I think he stands out because he plays with players like Harry Winks yeah, and Oliver Skipper. I think if I, I stood, could do yeah, what I Harry say. Winks does. We yeah. discussed this. At the we point. discussed it. Yeah, what's his best attribute? What was it? Passing yeah. to the fullback. <laughs> that's his best attribute. <laughs> that's, that's all we can think of that yeah. he does well. He's paying. Because when you look at Harry Winks, the guy's played for England. There's quite clearly something there. But then I still can't see it, and still can't. He's a lot older than you think as well. He's like. I'm pretty sure he's like 25, 26 now. He doesn't defend well. He's not physical. Yeah. He's not a goal threat. He's not a creative passer. He's not a good dribbler of the ball. He's just a good-looking li- chap. Literally he's- all he does is <laughs> keep the ball ticking. That's yeah. it. He's got great hair. That is literally it. Well, personally, I like it. I don't know if you do, yes, but <laughs> but no, there's so many problems though with Tottenham, and they again we go back to the rebuild, but. Supposedly are going to back Antonio Conte, which they need to. They, I mean, they got, sort of did in January, signing Kulusevski and players like that. Gone and got Conte, and Conte, as we all know, is probably one of the best managers in the world. He's probably the best manager Spurs will ever have. Over, he's definitely above Mourinho. Um, yeah. So they have got to back him. But I, you say the bigger picture at Spurs, the issue. Personally, I think the bigger issue will always be while he's in charge of the club, Daniel yeah. Levy. And until he's not running it with his like finances or whatever, and in and in control of players, transfers, all of that, they're not going to advance. Yeah, yeah. They signed they signed a couple of good players, and I think again they pay. Uh, what was it? Plasters over, over the paying over the cracks. But then, you just look since Pochettino. There's only one way they've been going, and it's backwards. They haven't improved. Well, they even did under Poch at the end. It, it, yeah, it's exactly. slowly towards the end of his tenure, didn't it? Yeah, it was really bad at the end of it. But one player I do like, though, sorry, I didn't mention him when we talked about midfield, Benzker. I think he's he's surprisingly okay. Yeah, I um, I haven't seen much of him at, at Spurs, but I liked what I saw at Juve in the Champions League and a few games in Syria. Yeah. Same for Kulisevsky, I think he's a really good pickup. Yeah, Kulisevsky, he started well, hasn't he? He's yeah, been getting yeah. goal contributions from the off. I just think he's the... The weirdest-looking footballer. Can't just judge people by goal contributions. No, sorry, yep. Yeah, obviously, course. obviously not. But I'm saying as well, though. But he has been yeah, chipping well, that, in. You like to see it early on, don't you? Yeah. Settled in well. Yeah, it was something that Sancho didn't do, and it took him a while. Kulusevski's <laughs> coming straight away. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just to, oh great, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, they're not going to like this episode, are they? United already? Fans. No, but no, because I, I just I keep coming back to United. I just want them to just. To just come back to a week ago when the whole club was in disarray and everything after that City game, they were horrified, they were disgusted yeah. with the performance. And now, but yeah, we're not talking about no, Man United, we're back to Tottenham. On. But yeah, Kulusevski's a really good player. Odd, very odd player. He's not your typical winger, but I quite like it. He's 
him and Son, because obviously you've got Son with the, the pace and the dribbling, whereas Kulisevsky's direct, and he when he drives at the ball, mm. I wouldn't say he's the most... He he's carries not, it well, He's not he? fast, but you can't knock him off the ball. because yeah, he's a big bloke. He's a big bloke. He, he's just stocky for a winger, but I quite like it. He adds some a different spots that Tottenham attacks. I still think Lucas Moura was just... Never there. He had moments and flickers of brilliance, but he just didn't do it consistently yeah. enough. It was a f- four or five games season. So I think that front three now for Tottenham is perfect, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could argue be up there with one of the best front threes yeah, in the Kane league. Kane and Son are, are world class, aren't they? Like, there's no arguing those two. I think yeah. any team in the Premier League would have them. Yeah, and I think a nice supporting piece. Yeah. There's just the midfield yeah. is awful. The defence is ropey at best. Yeah, I'd say it's up there with one of the best front threes in the league. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's just as we said, the rest of the team, and I think the defense as well. Yeah, and yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still not convinced. And I get so much stick for this. Romero isn't isn't good enough. I don't think he's good enough. And the reason why he worked in Syria so well is because it's so slow and everything's in front of you. But at Tottenham, they're getting attacked so often, and balls going in behind, and he struggles. I've seen him so often get turned so easily, and yeah. he's so slow on the ball. But then everyone just says to me straight away, "Oh well, he was Syria best defender last year." But he's I struggling. haven't seen enough of him to comment properly, but all I see is people supporting him. And I think, is it just because he's young and he's come with a big price tag yeah. and a good reputation? But well, I haven't actually, I haven't seen enough of him to comment, say, is he, is he good, is he bad? But I haven't seen him have a standout game. I haven't no, gone, oh, I, like, look at it, that's like, yeah, he not, stood out, he's a good defender. I personally don't, I haven't seen anything from him yet. I, I've seen him make a few good passes, but especially that Southampton game, I always go back to that, that game that I watched. He was one of the worst performers on that night. And then same again for the United game. They conceded three. He can't be that yeah. good defensively if he's playing in a back five and conceding three. He's got the back he's got the back three tacks. He's got players around him and they're still conceding so many goals. Yeah. And him and Eric Dyer just confuses me as a player. Every manager comes in and says, Oh, I tried to sign Eric Dyer in the past or <laughs> I really rate him, I'm gonna build a team around him. And he just makes mistake after mistake after mistake. He's like the Spurs Granite Xhaka, isn't he? Yeah, like, I just don't just get... We'll always find a way to get in the team. Or the, the Spurs Jake Livermore. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going... Oh, he's captain? No, Kane's captain. Kane's captain. But he has... I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he's he probably voice, yeah, or something like that, yeah. But no, it, a player that just baffles me that he gets in the side. I just don't... I don't, I don't know. I, can, can you tell me? What, can you not pinpoint what it is? I kind of get it, because if you're a manager... If I've gone in like completely blind to half the squad, you look at Dyer, he's been there a long time, he'll have a good relationship with Kane and all that, he's probably a bit of a leader, he knows the club like front to back. Yeah. So I'll prob- you probably would like stick with him for a bit of safety. But again, if they want to push on, he's, he's not, probably not the man. Eric it? Dyer would not be the first name on the list if they're going to push on, let's no, be honest. Definitely not. But then, yeah, he, again, they play Ben Davis as well in, in the back three. That just shows you that the lack of... I think we need to speak about the recruitment as well. Because the Spurs... A lot of teams have had bad recruitment. United, Everton. But the way Spurs have wasted money as well, it's awful. Like Emerson is a £35 million fullback who's now can't get in the team ahead of Matt Doherty. And Matt Doherty, £15 million or £12.5 yeah. million, And he's not very good either. Ben it, Davis, I don't think he was cheap. And then the centre half. So how much was Romero? Romero was a, a big lump. Davinson of money. Sanchez was about thirty-five million. He just makes mistake after mistake. Yeah. Hoiberg wasn't cheap. Yeah. And then, and then you've got the likes of Lacelso. Uh, Lacelso, yeah. Fifty odd mil. Brian Gill, who's now out on loan in um, 
of Valencia. I yeah, think. he's on a, and he's somebody again that really baffles me because they spent a lot of money. Bergwijn, more there's just no one's really come in and other than Son, Son yeah, other than Son's come in and like cemented the place and gone. Like this is yeah. this is my spot. Well, Jetson is... Fernandez that one time when he came in at that point, it was I think it was last yeah, season. Yeah. Season of a striker who give you the years to um, Oh Vinicius Junior not Vinicius Junior, sorry, Vin- it's um it's against it's uh, against Marine. Marine. Yeah, Marine. He was the old ben, Benfica striker because they wanted like seventy five Vinicius. Vinicius, yeah, because it's it wasn't Vinicius Junior. I don't know why I said Vinicius. I always yeah. get two mixed up, but he's just Vinicius. But yeah. That yeah, their recruitment is atrocious. When you look back at the amount of money they've spent, and it just never since they got rid of when they got rid of Bale, yeah. since that moment they've never been able to to, to sign anyone. Even Deli Ali, a player that you all thought was going to be great, he just never did it. Off. Yeah, sorry. And another thing, can we just quickly discuss the uh, Crystal Palace score just come through nil nil full time. Great result for Palace. Palace is a great and, result uh, for the top yeah, two. Yeah, I told you <sighs> Liverpool putting the pressure on. That is a huge result. Yes, even though when they're slipping up, they're still getting points, which so is a good sign. Four-point lead for City, and Liverpool have got a game in hand, which is on Wednesday against Arsenal. Which is now a huge game. For, well, it was anyway. For both sides anyway. But, yeah, but, yeah Palace, Patrick Vieira doing wonders. It's, it's kind of gone it really, again, inconsistent. Started off the season really well, and they kind of really dipped off. They went through a horrible run. It came with a, a bit of a bad reputation in management. Though, oh, N- uh, Nisi was a... They, the fans despised him by the end. The run they went on, because he, he took them on, didn't he, when they were like a Champions League kind of side. Yeah, and then they, they became like a mid, mid-table team that... Um, I always forget the strike they signed. Was it from Ajax? Uh, Dol- was it Dolberg at top? Yes. Yeah, the yeah. players like, in, like him, like himself, but... No, he came with a bad reputation. He's, he's done all right, to be fair. I think he's done very, very Especially, well. Oh, yeah. He's transformed that Palace side from what they were as well under Hodgson, just being like, they were like a proper Brit, like English yeah. Premier League mid-table side. Hard to be like, resolute, direct when you had Benteke and, and just Zaha like, running off him. But now, the football they're playing is really nice. Playing out from the back, he's brought in some good young players. Well, they had about 12 players even a free, didn't they? At the yeah. end of the season, they got in an entirely new squad. When you look at every, yeah, the yeah, majority of the team like, is new. The centre-halves have gone from like Tompkins and... Uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, Scott Dan. No, that's, 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 <laughs> it probably wasn't Scott Dan. Now, was it? now it's Gehi and, and uh, Anderson. Anderson, Anderson, yeah. Sorry. Anderson, yeah. The two of them are great. Anderson, he's a great player though. I really like him. But no, big change for them. But no, and one player though I would like to discuss when it comes to Palace is Ebrichieze. He's been it's a bit odd. Really, he was injured and he's been fit again. He was on the he was on he was on the bench again today. Something must be going on behind the scenes because he was such a good player. Well, obviously the change of manager won't have helped him, especially when he was out injured. Like he lived because it was a bad injury as well. While Vieira's coming and implementing his ideas, he's literally on the medical table. So that that's a. Straight away gone against him, especially when Vieira's brought in Elise, yeah. who's hit the ground with nothing. He's like, looks a real, real talent. I did a video on him last year when he was at Reading, and I said, watch out for him. He'd be a great player. So, I think he's probably just a bit misfortunate for SA, but then there's, obviously he's not making his way into the team, so he's not. he might not be doing... I don't watch Crystal Palace training, but he might not be doing enough to impress. He might not be working hard yeah, because he can play. Wants him now. He can play in the number ten or on the left or on the right, and I know obviously they've got Elise and Zaha and Gallagher. So yeah, but I really would like to see him because he's a player that really excited me, especially when he was at QPR. And I love seeing players going from the Championship and making that step up into yeah. the Premier League and proving a point, which Elise has been doing himself. But that wasn't planned. But Palace, they, they are, I do like them with what they're Shout doing. Patrick Vieira. 
Shut up. Of course, I just realised now why you're saying he's done well. Oh, who, oh, there's a pundit, I can't remember who it was. Oh, I saw this on Twitter. Was it Gary Neville's? No, I think it was Stan Collymore. It was either Stan Collymore or someone else. And they've said um, that basically Arsenal, if they want to get top four, should sack Arteta and get Vieira in just because he played for uh, the Invincibles. Which is just ridiculous. That is just ridiculous. And this is like a professional pundit who's played the game. It's just... Yeah. It does make yeah, it does sometimes. But you saw, I saw. Get us there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where we're going. The only way's up. That, we will be there. You wait, guys. The next five years, we're going to be on Sky doing some punditry before, or oh, we'll have our own page. We'll be bigger than Sky by then. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, we thought we'd we've discussed Spurs. We've discussed everything that's in the media and everything that's gone on this weekend. We decided <laughs> off our own back. We would do a kind of discussion together, a debate to make our top five in order, our top five creative playmakers, midfielders. Yeah. And this is quite an open-aired, open-ended question. There could be so many players we could discuss and throw into the hand. We thought that's what probably is a good topic because we've seen loads of these players stepping up in recent weeks, the likes of De Bruyne, Fernandes, I can't believe I nearly went to Pogba then Odegaard there's many players we could discuss but we thought okay then let's try and do a top five together but before we even go down to the top five just keep, just keep the throwing names into the hat that we can think of at the okay, moment so and just kind of discuss them Coutinho seems very on topic for all the, the Villa fans out wow. there wow it, it, it pains me to see him doing so well he was a player that I think we all knew deep down if he could even find a slightest bit of that form he had at Liverpool back in the day we knew he'd be a great player. He really suits the, the the way that the Premier League is, the fast pace. He really suits that league. And that's why I do believe he struggled in Spain. Whereas now we can take the ball and he can drive with it. And he's looking so good at that Villa side. Yes, they're very inconsistent, but he's a player that, it pains me to say, I do enjoy watching him. Really yeah. do enjoy watching him. I've also been impressed and I have my doubts over whether he could come and do it at that, that level again, at the, yeah. the tempo and the speed of the Premier League and all that. But I just want to put the brakes on a little bit. I know this might surprise a few people because his performances have been really good. But if you look at who they've come against at this point in the season, I don't think we should read into them too much. So I'm just like they've played a Leeds team who sacked the manager the day after and he ran the show. Um, a Brighton team that's been very out of sorts since. Dan Burn. January. No, since Dan Burn. Yeah. That's what it, we're going to keep going back to. Dan Burn is the thing that made Brent Brighton good. And uh, the Southampton game was just it looked like a bit of an anomaly. Anomaly. I know that's right. And but then against Southampton, lost again the weekend. They're just one of these teams that can never. They went on a little run and then they'll probably go on a big losing run now. Yeah, and then they'll go back to. So I just think his performances have been really good and like obviously they've lifted Villa when they needed it but I just think it's come against a lesser opposition and you kind of expect a player of Coutinho's calibre to do that but then you look at the game against Man United when he first came in he did change that game against United yeah, was that in the cup game he has like lift, uplifted the spirits and he's got people playing better around him well he's making Jacob Ramsey like Iniesta no I'm joking <laughs> no, I'm just saying <laughs> but he's helped players like yeah, him I also think Jacob Ramsey needs a shout out and some credit because he, he's <sighs> His game this year is really it's improved. Massively really improved, like yeah. Really promising centre mid. Well, I think before Gerard came in, I think he'd played two Premier League games, got two Premier League full of uh, starts before Gerard or something like that. And right now he's the first name on the team sheet at the moment yeah. with the way he's playing. 
He's absolutely amazing. The way he drives with the ball and moves the ball around, he's just no pressure. He's so calm on the ball. It's amazing. Quick and strong as well, isn't he? He covers the ground really well. He seems to be bulking every game. I watch yeah. him again. He just looks that little bit stronger, but I don't know if that's because he, he, he feels like he deserves to be on that pitch now when he, you can see him puffing his chest out. But yeah, he's a great player. But I do I do get what you're saying with Coutinho, but I, I still really like him. Yeah, no, I like I, him as a player. I, 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 just so exciting to watch. What he does yeah, with he, the ball. He's like electric, isn't he? Like you just expect something to happen when he gets the ball yeah. at his feet. Even as a West Brom fan, I'm sat watching him and I try and forget that he's the Villa and I get on the edge of my seat because he does excite me watching him play. And I'm hoping no Villa fan that I know is listening to this because I know <laughs> they, they, will, they will be loving the fact that I'm saying this. But okay then, somebody like a, a James Madison, a player that I think it's really difficult for him in the sense of it, he's come at a time, he's excelling in his position where there's so many other young English creative midfielders yeah. whether they play on the wing or in the number 10 and he will always be in their shadows but he's a guy I think deserves a shout out but I don't think he would make the top 5 no he doesn't do it consistently enough and he's injury prone but again he's somebody that I do like the fact that he came from the championship as well yeah no, Does, I, like I do Madison. like him I do and like him I was quite excited when we were linked with him in the summer but then for the for the price tag Leicester were I, I, obviously we don't know how true these rumours were but 70 odd million just seems a bit ridiculous and I like Madison but yeah no he's he, definitely not he, worth that much he's almost like he's not probably as creative between the lines as other people but he's like a direct passer isn't it but his delivery is fantastic oh yeah he's from set pieces as well he's great isn't he yeah. the way he whips the ball it is brilliant and again if it, we didn't have the players like Trent I think we'd talk more about his delivery and Players like James Ward-Prowse, another one we can quickly move on to. I feel like it feels mental to say that it's he deserves... This has been a big season for James Ward-Prowse. But then he, he he has been now for yeah, a few he's, seasons. He's been very consistent for a long time. And he's everything that's good that comes from Southampton. It, majority of the time it comes through him. He, he leads the team and he's, again, set pieces. Great. Oh, set, he's like, it, it is Beckham-esque. It is like on par with that. The way he whips the ball. Well, There's so much power as well behind it, but it's so accurate. I love it. Watching his free... Again, I, I, I try and tell people not to watch players' compilations, but just go <laughs> onto YouTube and watch his You're free kick. You're thinking any player is the best in the world. But <laughs> if you watch James, James Ward-Prowse's free kicks compilation it's ridiculous even his corners yeah just, that's the thing. they're great if to watch you get a, a set piece other than a throw in in the opposition's half it's a goal threat because his delivery is that good exactly yeah no he's a great player can you think of any others that deserve a mention before we get into the top five that you don't believe could make that top five or do you want to go straight into the top Did five how on earth being, you can even serious. say that few and don't even say Donny van der Beek either because the two of them I think I will stand by my comments and say the most ridiculous, insane signings Everton could have ever made. I said it on deadline day and everyone took the mick out of me. Deli Alli hasn't Deli shown it for years. Donny van der Beek. I understand van der Beek a bit because there's promise and there's a bit of quality there. But they don't need promise. They need results. They need Jack Cork. We keep saying it every <laughs> week and I'll keep saying it. They need Jack Cork. No, um, <laughs> I can't believe what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't sleep. There could be other midfielders. Like John Joe Shelby. Yeah. Right now, the form he's showing, sorry, back to the, England, the creative uh, midfielders. Yeah. Willock? Joe Linton? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The New Newcastle were unlucky, by the way, this weekend, but just putting out there because they could have kept on that run. Um, yeah, let's just go on that game for a bit. Did you watch it? Yes. I've seen, Sorry, oh, did yeah, I watch I watched no, it with yeah. you. I don't know why. <laughs> we watched it together. I don't know why he said it like that. Obviously, let's get, get your Havertz gloating out of the way. Havertz, Shout out, uh, mate, Jay. Havertz, 
is amazing. And I will go back to my comments. Right, he will. Right. He is still, and I still believe this, will one day be on Ballon d'Or level. You saw the way he brought down that ball and put it in the box. He's showing the promise that we all expected from him. The, the level, I've, I've literally recorded a video on him earlier that I put on my YouTube channel talking about how good this guy is. In the false nine, right now, is there a better false nine in the Premier League? No, because he's so good. He, and the, the thing I love about him now is his tenacity. He's starting to turn into a bit of a, he's got a bit of a nasty side to him. You've seen him, he leads into players, he's winding players up. You saw him against Trent in the in the League Cup final and then he's throwing elbows against Dan Byrne. Yes, he should have been sent off for that in my opinion. You still, I still can't. Well, no, I think it's a really difficult one. It I is can, a tough one because it could see it going either way. Like eyes are locked on the ball. It's obviously dangerous, but they are both literally on the whole way. They're looking at the ball, so that's when it gets a bit yeah. difficult. Uh, What's not difficult is, is the, penalty. the penalty decision, which is an. We're talking here. We are again, another week, another terrible VAR decision or non-decision. Yeah, against the big team every single week. It's ridiculous, and I, we we discussed it because a lot of people talk about this bias uh, to the big teams when it comes to VAR. But I think you made a great point when we were sat at the pub. It's all down to the pressure that making a decision at Stamford Bridge with all those fans knowing about how much it affects the top four and everything that goes on outside of football with all the money and things. They under the referees can feel that pressure going into it's the game. But, the refs are not the ones at fault here. No, but the refs are also in VAR. Those are the people that are making the decisions, oh, yeah, and they yeah, know it's the still on the pitch. Yeah, but I, 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 the refs as a whole. I feel sorry for the refs on the pitch because it, once you've made your decision, you, there might be certain yeah. circumstances where you can't see it that easily. You've just glanced away. Someone's blocking your view. All of that. Yeah. But if you're in that booth, you're you've got a replay. How you can get these decisions wrong week after week is amazing. I think it adds to the pressure though, because when it goes to the, th the the monitor, when it goes upstairs, I think the referees, because they've got so many angles a lot of the time. I don't think they should go to the monitor. They should just be told if it's a penalty or not. When I say sorry, when I say go to the monitor, go to the monitor upstairs. When they oh, go yeah. to the referees in the VAR room, I think because everyone's waiting and they know they've got potentially the big clubs, fifty or sixty thousand people waiting on this every move. They know there's millions of people watching at home, and they have to get the decision. And I think that they can't deal with the pressure. I don't know what needs to be done and how they can sort it because it's the same problems every single yeah, week. I, and At this point, I don't think there is anything that can be done other than improve the quality of referees. But that the even then, how can you do that? No one wants to be a referee in the UK anyway. It's, they've talked about it since COVID oh, yeah, at, at, you, at grassroots yeah. level. So there's never going to be the improvement because and it all goes back to the respect towards referees. And I know we've all been there, Sunday League, and you give abuse to refs. But from a young age, we are not. No one is taught. You go to under, and I don't know how we got into this, but you go to <laughs> under six level football, and you have parents shouting at referees. Oh, no, no one grows up now and wants to be a referee because why would you, as a ten year old, start doing your bad? Sorry, you're probably a bit older than that. Ten, twelve year old. Do your badges when you know you get stick from there, and then we wonder why we don't have referees moving on the subject. We no... are going off on a bit here, but that's yes. One, it, that's one issue is the stick they get. But I've done my referee scores. I refed for probably four or five years at a Sunday league level, and one of our mates, Jim, shout out yeah. Jim, <laughs> went to a high level. He was doing like Saturday league football and traveling all over the country. What I will say, the FA makes it so hard, whether it be the county FA or national. They make it so hard to progress. 
why they're not making it easier for referees, young promising refs, to encourage them, to to yeah. help them go, but they make it difficult. They like scrutinise you, and like you have to do assessments with like people watching you. But I don't know what we've got here, but but no, no, I, I think it's that is the big issue, and I think it comes back to that in the long term because we're not going to get these new the new copper referees the are the same way, as the ones before. Look at the way our national team struggled, and then all of a sudden we. There was a game plan, like we, we followed Spain and Germany's game plan, didn't we, to improve the youth yeah. setup from like under sixes all through to under twenty ones, national coach the level of coaching, all that. Same thing needs to be done with refs. Yeah. Because we've spoken again before. We have the best league in the world, the most watched league in the world, the the highest earning league in the world. So we need the best referees yeah. to keep that that level. Yeah. It's it's as simple as that and it, it it's 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 upsetting though at points now because I'm getting, I'm not even getting annoyed anymore. It, it does just make me sad because I see some decisions, and I know it's ridiculous when you say you've fallen out of love with football, but there are some decisions which it just bothers yeah, me so yeah, much, and it's not even my own club. I came out of that Newcastle game, and I was in a mood for a good half an hour, and it wasn't even my club because I just even felt with so. Havertz goal. Yeah, even with Kyavert's goal because at the end of the day, it's something out of their control. That has done them over. Yes, obviously Chelsea still scored, but the game would have been so different. Yeah. And that's huge for Newcastle. Obviously, a club, I say new club like Newcastle, they're massive now with the, the investment things, but they are still in a relegate. They're in. Uh, yeah, to go 1 0 up away at Chelsea would have been massive. It would have been them. huge. But it's just, yeah, we can keep talking. We could talk about refereeing we every single top week. Five top five. Backers. Now we're going back to the top five. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how we've just digressed to under six referees, but. You know what we're trying to say. It is a massive problem in the UK. But anyway, the top five. Is there anyone that you want to... I feel like we can do the number one together yeah, straight away. De Bruyne. Yeah, no Phew. questions asked. I'm, I was looking at you then. I, I was pretty sure that you were going to say that. But then, yeah, De Bruyne, we all know what he can do. Let's be honest. And it, what annoys me the most, and we talk about goal contributions, this season he hasn't hit the goal contributions he usually does, but because he's doing a different role, he hasn't got a number nine to, to whip those balls in like he did Even before. Then, he's still scoring. He's still... Oh, yeah, no, he's still doing great, but he's not putting up the ridiculous numbers that he was before. But you can see with the eye test, yeah. he's so good, yeah. so clear of he's... any other playmaker in the he's, division. Yeah, he's out on his own at number one. And I find it really disrespectful when anyone compa- <sighs> compares Fernandez and De Bruyne. I find that disrespectful to, to De Bruyne because De Bruyne is so so good he's so clear what he can do with the ball and it's his strength he, and defensively he's quite a good midfielder I don't as think well. he has weaknesses really like possibly defensively but that's not his game but if you look at everything else obviously his passing unbelievable yeah. that, the, the vision he has with those deep line passes where oh, he wow. whips it either around the centre half or around the full back I don't I can't both think footed. of anyone else that does that Yeah, he's both footed he yeah, scores absolute foot. screamers with his left foot goal threat from near enough anywhere yeah He's Number one, locked he's in. Probably one of the best in the world, yeah. if not the best. Yeah, potentially. That could be another debate for another video. But then, okay, then number two, I think this is now where we're going to start. Well, I feel like we'll have similar personnel, but then we might disagree. Who would you go in as number two? Of, I've, I've, I've I forgot who I was going to But say you can, now. if you, there are uh, plenty. I might change this, but I'm going to go Bernardo Silva at number two. Okay, he was my number three. I was going to go number two, Odegaard. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. I didn't. And this is not even trying to suck up to you here. I have been watching a lot of Odegaard. And uh, I, I've been getting really excited. He's in my five, but I just thought I won't big him up too much because I'll just get stiff. Well, I will get. I will there take the go. stick on your behalf. You. I would like to lock in Odegaard as the second best playmaker in the division, and I think. 
we've seen he's so casual again and it's his close control how the ball sticks to his feet at points and it's it's the little things the little five yard one twos that he does it doesn't matter how the ball comes into him anywhere on his body he's killing it dead and into his path into his stride it's like so elegant isn't he just glides across the pitch and I think and I'm not trying to it's not even recency because obviously he was great against Leicester yeah specifically the Leicester game he was absolutely crass but I've been saying it for weeks now I've been trying to watch him closely because I absolutely love watching him play if you obviously I've been to Arsenal a few times this season having looking at him like with the whole pitch in front of you if you're if you're at a high level or something like the way he goes side to side and just keeps the like you'll see like everyone else is kind of almost they're, they're moving around but they're sticking to their positions and he will just go with the plays like the flow he's literally like controlling the tempo of the game everything comes through him side to side and then all of a sudden he'll do a reverse pass to switch it back quickly yeah, yeah. and little flicks and everything I absolutely love him I think Bernardo Silva has to go in number three then though yeah for definite I think and I know, obviously, we'll probably get a lot of stick for putting Bernardo Silva number three, but I think I, I, that's a very as similar. I love Erdegaard, having him at number two, he's, he's as... <laughs> you, you, I, I know I'm getting be, excited. Is it diplomatic, is that the word? Oh, who yeah. You know what, you tr- you're Some playing the devil's advocate here. Know, and, yeah. but I, and I can see why Bernardo Silva should could easily have an argument for that. But I think recently he has dropped a bit deeper, and I don't yeah, think yeah, we've seen... I think that's just credit to him. He can, he can do that. Mm-hmm harder Definitely. working role as well but uh, we saw at the start of the season when De Bruyne was out he was How? the one getting the goals he was the one breaking into the box like doing all that like that, that final bit in that final third for City which De Bruyne normally does but when he was out it was Gundogan last year and then this year Bernardo Silva stepped up but yeah. he, he can play on the wing as well he can literally play like holding midfielder either wing well, yeah, when he 10. when he played at Monaco, he literally played in everywhere in that midfield, didn't he? he Unbelievable was, player. Yeah, I do really like him. I think he's a. I, I like a pair him. of left foot studies as well. Erdogan the two of them, yeah. Silver. I think it helps when you're left footed as well, though. That you it do just looks a bit better, doesn't it? I, I feel ridiculous why. saying it, but it, it surely is a thing. Is it just me? I think it's because uh, it's. Uh, there was another one. Yeah, there's, there's, there, there is. There are many players. Better, don't they? Yeah, I think it's because it's slightly more unorthodox. It's not the norm. So when you see somebody do it, Chris Brunt, another one. Oh, Sorry, we're talking yeah, about great yeah, left footers. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I would have gone Odegaard, <laughs> Ozil. He's, he's got some Chris Brunt. assists in the Premier I tell you now, if you look back at the last 10 years, most assists, Chris Brunt enters that list. I tell you now. What a player. What a boy. Talking about great crosser. Best crosser I've ever seen. Easily, you can't really argue because you can't tell me I'm wrong. But no, I don't know who you've seen. <laughs> I've seen some greats, but Brunt is by far the best. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, then the number four and number five position. We've spoken about some players. Could it a Coutinho potentially enter this list, or are there any others you'd like to see there? Fernandez obviously has got. I to... think we've got to put Bruno fourth, and neither of us like him. In fact, I openly despise him. <laughs> despise <laughs> a really strong word. <laughs> You dislike him. I dislike him, yeah. I was going to say despise. But it, you can't argue with what he what, does. What, no, because he's so direct and he will get like goal scoring. He's fantastic from midfield. What I just think compared to those other three, I don't think he's got like the technical quality. Yes, he's got a good delivery and he's a goal threat. But like the amount of passes he hits and they might not hit the target whereas those other three I don't feel like they're ever going to misplace a pass but I think the difference is with those when you compare the two you see De Bruyne and you see Odegaard and you see Bernardo playing these short little passes these one-two things Bruno gets the ball 
and he's looking oh, to put yeah. through the striker. He's always been like that. He's looking he's for like, that killer pass, like isn't he? Yeah. He'll pick the ball up in his own half, and he's instantly looking up like this seventy yards. And like sometimes he's got the quality. Just keep it tidy. Yeah. But like like I said, in and around the box, he's he's dynamite, isn't it? But I do also think it doesn't help that he's at United in a system where if it where do you look at Odegaard and players like that, he's got technical players that can play pass it to uh, Party or De Bruyne can pass it to Bernardo Silva. Yeah. You get a player like Bruno, he you turns, he's got, got Scott McTominay next got to him. Pogba and yeah, but Pogba's not always there. He's got socks really, he's got Scott McTominay and, and Fred. So Great how Fred. <laughs> like how can he really obviously Fred is no way making this top five, no. by the way, just putting it out there. I thought I you know, know. I'm gonna put fifth. Fifth I personally I'm Any more on Bruno? Do you want to slander him a bit? Or? No, I, I like his tenacity in, uh, in some sense. I know he winds up a lot of people, but I can't. I quite like that in a player. What I don't like is it, the moaning on the pitch. Like, tenacity, yes, fine. If you sharp into challenges and stuff like that. I don't like the moaning in the body language, which a lot of the time, like, it'll just pick a fight with some either an opposition player or his own player or, as well. or his own player for, for no reason really other than the fact that he might have gave the ball away granted there might not be the options there but I don't like that like, it's like petulant you'll just yeah. see him throw his hands up and turn away and I'm not a fan yeah it's never It's but then again I think this goes back to the whole yeah, demeanour yeah. at United. United I think it's just a very toxic and it just comes <laughs> it, we keep going back to it but it, it, it simply just is that but okay then um, Bruno and then the fifth one I'd probably go Coutinho personally, or it could be a Mount maybe. Yeah, oh, Coutinho on Mount—that is a good debate actually. I think I'll probably edge Foden. Mason. Oh. Are we classing Foden? Oh, this is the difficult point, but I think we're gonna keep Foden as a false nine then. Yeah, because this season he's been false nine and winger. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Mount. Mount or Coutinho? I do think. I I I still struggle with Mount, and I've said it before. It's the conviction. I don't know. He's like I think you were a bit harsh on him when you said previously his final product's not good. That was just a, a bit of a reaction to the the league. But then final. I still I know he's put up great goal contributions, but I I, I I watched them a lot, and I still don't think he has that cutting edge where he's going to be on the level of the rest of these players that we're discussing. I, I I I don't think he's near these top four that we've already mentioned. I don't think he's on Bruno's level, and do, do I I don't think he personally is on the level of Coutinho. Personally, I think Coutinho. If we man man for man, then Coutinho or Grealish. Uh, sorry, sorry, Coutinho Ooh. or Mount. I didn't mean to say uh, Grealish. Obviously, isn't in this list because he's more of a winger. But Coutinho or Mount. I think man for man. If you compare the two, I think everything that Mount's good at, I think Coutinho does better. And he adds that little bit extra, that extra little bit of sauce. Yeah, you can the, have the, the flicks and the everything that goes with it, and the goals. He he only scores screamers, Coutinho. Let's be honest. He only scores great goals. I say that he hasn't scored great goals no, this season, but that's yeah, it is really. But the nostalgia with it. But I, I am a huge fan of Coutinho, and I, I think it helps that I've grown up watching him, and he's a player that I've been obsessed with for many, many years. Sorry, a bit of dust then, or is that a no, flop? Oh, it's a flop. The moth. So we just ca- passed off. I keep trying to not look at it. I keep catching him in the corner of my eye, but yeah, been fighting the urge, like the <laughs> great for audio listeners, but. But no, you, do you want them? We can leave it up for debate then. We can ask the general, the bucketeers, the people out there. You want Mount? Oh, I want. If okay, then Mount, Mount or Coutinho. Who you said Mount earlier? Are you changing really your mind? Care. You don't really. You don't really. Okay, then Emil I'll Smith. Take... Bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's a winger. You could cast him as a winger, surely. Yeah. I'd get, I don't know. You, you tell me. No, you he's, watched... he's been playing on the wing, but I think his future will lie. 
as a well he can't get in the starting 11 so no he can't he's nowhere near he's been injured no no but there you go we're going to lock in that top five then I think we can safely say that number one De Bruyne number two Odegaard number three (laughs) Bernardo Silva number four Bruno Fernandes and number five Philip Coutinho I'm pretty I I think that's pretty good let me know guys in the comments section on whatever platform people that disagree with that yeah let us know in the comments anyone you believe should make that as advanced playmakers and advanced creative midfielders not wingers, creative midfielders. Not cams for you FIFA. Yeah, FIFA we're not playing FIFA. We're calling about not, I don't mind call, people calling them the number 10s, maybe. I no, don't mind fine. that. But I don't like this cam thing, so I made sure I didn't say central attacking midfielders because we're not playing FIFA. <laughs> no, we're not. And let us know, guys, in the comment section below, any ideas you want us to do. We can do debates, top fives, because we'll be having another guest on hopefully next week, so we'll be having some more debates and things. But let us know, guys, what you want to hear, because we do read the comments. And we are looking forward to it. But Mike, I think that's everything we need to say. Yeah, good work, mate. I think it's a good episode. But yeah, guys, thanks for listening to episode 12 of the Book Out Sam Talks Ball podcast. Leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, smash the like button and subscribe. And check out Box to Box Shirts, Mike's football shirt company. I forgot to plug it last week. Disgraceful. I know, it's out of order. So this week, I will put it the link down twice in the description. Not that makes a difference, <laughs> but it'll be there twice. Go check him out. Go follow him on Instagram. He deserves it. Come on. He's, he's agreed that Coutinho is better than uh, the Mount, so he deserves it, surely. <laughs> you're you're yeah. going to get loads of hate now <laughs> off Chelsea fans. But no, guys, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Buckhead Sam, over and out, baby. <laughs> <laughs>